Man, this is all new to me. I don't even know what to say because I'm I'm normally the one to start the show. Uh, I I know, and I'm also forcing <laughs> you to watch even more wrestling on top of the yeah, whole man. Show. I'm a busy man, don't you know that, TJ? I'm a real busy I, man. <laughs> we are eternally grateful for you stepping in, and you know what? I, I I threw a bunch of weird stuff at you this week, and I want to get your perspective on some of the matches we've seen, some of the things we're looking yeah. at. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know. I enjoy all kinds of wrestling, like I said. And, you know, the thing of it is is that, you know, with Wrestling POV, you know, we do cover a lot of WWE. And as time went on, we just didn't have time to cover, you know, Ring of Honor, New Japan, MLW, you know, the indies. And that, and, and we were getting a lot of requests for it, you know. So that's when that's why me and Rick and the, and the president, we were like, you know what? Let's just do another show, a flagship show to it, and then just dedicate it to that. And I was like, you know what? That's great. I, I know enough to talk about it. Um, the matches that we're going to talk about today, you know, I'm going to give my insight on it, TJ. And, you know, there's a couple that I'm going to be picky about. Um, that the fans appreciate that. Yeah, you know, and, and you know what? They might they might hate me. I don't I'm not sure. They already hate me over at the other one, so <laughs> they didn't even want to be on my team on Survivor Series. Could you believe that? I well you know what? It, it was a rough Survivor Series for you. And you know what? I listened to that last viewer you had, you had a little bit of a quabble with some girl. Uh let's hope that Was it a girl? I think it was Josh Sanders. He, he's a girl. You can call him a girl. Why not? Shit. No, no, I meant the one, who, the one who complained about the R-Truth. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Don't even bring that up. My goodness gracious. But anyway, like I said, no, we're going to have a lot of fun talking wrestling. I really did enjoy watching a lot of these matches. I took a lot of notes. You know, I'm not going to pull any tricks up my sleeves, so don't, you know, don't hate me out there, okay? I'm going to do my best, but I always do my best anyway, so... <laughs> You know what? What I'd like to do, too, now you've got me curious. For each segment, I would like for you to say some guy who, wrestler or team, that just really stood out to you as being, wow, I hadn't seen this guy, but wow, that caught my attention when we get to that. Yeah, so sure. Up. I'll do that. Why not? You know? <laughs> and well, also, no, my bad. Also, don't, uh, you got a very special announcement. Well, yeah, you know, it's one of those uh, really fun announcements. And nice. I'm actually going to save it to the end of the show. Okay. So, way through it but i think if you're a fan of good wrestling and particularly <laughs> roh wrestling you're going to take a pretty big interest in what i've got to announce today yeah and then also uh later on in the show we got the uh face off i'm gonna be facing off with you i can't the wait wwe guy versus the indie guy yeah. versus the new japan guy that's gonna be interesting yeah interesting talk. sure 
Well, you know, Tony, we like to start off our show with uh, the rumblings. We see stuff going, the news, the rumors, the interest, yeah. all things going around the indies right now. And mm-hmm. I'd like to take a look at some of the news right now. All right, go ahead. Knock yourself out. <laughs> well, well, coming out of MLW, it's been announced Pentagon Jr. will be facing Teddy Hart December 13th in a wild main event that just came out of nowhere due to an injury we're going to talk about a little later. Really? Mm-hmm. That's a you big match. Pentagon th- Jr., incredible run. Teddy Hart. So when is, wait, when is that happening? It's happening December 13th. Oh, that's, isn't that the uh, Ring of Honor pay-per-view, right? No, this is the MLW one. They're going to be going kind of head-to-head on uh, this Yeah, one. I was going to say. Yeah, that's kind of... Oh, all right. So wait, <laughs> they're not running on the same show? No. no so these not. are really interesting. See, I didn't know that. I knew about Ring of Honors. But yeah. I didn't know about MLW doing that. But even still, though, I would, uh, man, that's going to be a good match. I know who Teddy Hart is, by the way, and I do know who Pentagon Jr. is. He's probably one of my favorites, you know, and when I first saw him, it was in uh, Lucha Underground. So um, that, that's when I did first see him. But then his, just, his reputation just grew and grew and grew. Unbelievable talent. And, you know, Teddy Hart, he's just an individual on his own. You know, I'm not sure what universe he's from, but I, I do don't either. I don't think a lot of people do. <laughs> but now he's forming that uh, new stable with uh, David Boy Smith and uh, Pillman's son. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. We want, we'll be seeing a lot of them on on uh, MLW as we cover them. Yes. And my next set of news, my next set of news has some weird repercussions, and there's weird stories that can be read into this. But apparently, Impact Wrestling has pulled LAX off a bunch of matches that they were supposed to do for Evolve. Oh really? A lot of political ramifications going on right now. Really? Did I say like what? Well, Evolve, as most people who really follow the Indies know, are sometimes a feeder system for the WWE. Right. Impact right now is really trying to hold on to their talent and not lose them to the WWE. I think this is sort of a power play. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Sure. Well, (laughs) (laughs) now TJ, I'm gonna let you know ahead of time too. I know we just started you know yeah when i ask a lot of questions so okay. <laughs> you can ask rick you know it all. what's that i pretend to i pretend that i know it all so it's like <laughs> my work <laughs> yeah i do and i drive rick crazy every time you know because every time he's doing the news i want to know more you got to have tony, that info tony people people like me who love yeah, you know this indie wrestling who really want to talk about it we want to hear stuff I exactly. want to hear your questions I want to hear your insights so this is not any kind of uh, disruption for me man I'm loving it <laughs> alright go ahead what else you got well sticking with Impact right now there is this one I find really cool they're doing a match called the Culture Clash on April 4th and uh, it's in Jamaica Queens it'll be featuring the great Muda who has not been in uh, America for quite a long time yeah he's still sporting the mask though right um, the paint, face paint, yes. Well, it, no, it was a mask, like a no, half mask. No, yeah. the Muda was—it was all the face paint and it's. Well, yeah, back in the WCW days. Yeah. But then when yeah. once he went back to New Japan, he went to some kind of mask, shaved oh, his head. Yeah, you didn't know that. Well, yeah, I guess they kind of lost Muda for a while. But he has not been <laughs> in New Japan for. Quite yeah, years. look it up. He 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 uh, did away with the face paint. He wears a mask. Shaved his head completely bald because it's like it's a half a mask, uh-huh. and the top is also like not there. I guess that makes sense. Oh, wow. So yeah, so you can see that he's bald, and yeah, he's sporting a goatee, and you can tell he's 
grown in age, you know, because he's got the, the, the salt and pepper goatee. And uh, it looks very ferocious, though. Different kind of muta that that um, I'm not used to it, you know, because I am used to the face paint and this and that, you know, his unorthodox style, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, he still wrestles the same, but I think his whole character kind of changed a little bit since mm-hmm. he donned that mask. And it's like his entrances, I thought Finn Balor's entrance was awesome, you know, when he would do come in as yeah. different gimmicks. The great Muda, you gotta see it. It's, it is unbelievable. Well, you know what? Muda must have been at least in his 30s in WCW days. So yes. you gotta, he's probably have to change his style as his age gets a little harder. That is true. It's a lot of wear there. That is and true. And his style was extremely rough and tough. So, yeah. uh, you know what? And, and I'll be fair, the reason I probably don't know this is I've only been into New Japan for the last three years. So, okay. anything predating that, I'm starting to look back, but I'm kind <laughs> of a, a shark for it right now, eating it. <laughs> yeah, definitely look it up, man. I'm telling you, you're going to be like, wow, that's the great Muda? Would have never I'm known. I'm curious now which Muda is going to show up at this thing. I don't know. I, you know, it might be the the new one. I mean, like you said earlier, you know, he's got to change his style because he did. He is older. He can't do a lot of the stuff that he used to. But the, a recent match that I seen was, um, I don't know who he, who he was fighting against. Sorry, but he he looked pretty good to me. He looked pretty good to me. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna look it up though for sure. Well, my next piece of news is uh, it's sort of WWE related, but it involves the NXT England stuff. And you, no, already. you guys usually don't cover. There is a lot of movement right now. It was just announced the other day that WWE is going to sign a lot of European talent to NXT in England. Yeah. And that will close them off from a lot of the local promotions. Ooh. Now, They're trying to corner the market, huh? Just like they've done in the States. Mm-hmm. And... The first big signing, I don't know if you have a chance to see this guy. I've only seen him in the last six months. I've heard his name a lot. He's called Walter, and this guy is massive. Yeah, he's, no, I know who he is. Yeah, he has been signed as one of the first signees. To really? Yes, big news. Ah, you know what? Dang it. I did see that, too. I did <laughs> see that. Yeah. Good signing, though. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Good well, signing. You know what? I think right now... You told me coming into here that you heard a bunch of rumors. Man, let me tell you something. I got some stuff for you. I'm hearing. I'm hearing. All right, all right. So listen, check this out. On to the rumors. Impact is is talking to several networks for their next TV deal, including True TV, WGN, and Sci-Fi. If nothing can't be worked out, they'll likely stay at uh, Pop TV in the current late night slot. Now, let me ask you a question, TJ, because I, I got one, two, three. I got four more rumors to go to, but I got I to gotta ask you about this. You know, impact for me has gone downhill. I'm just being honest. Um, do you think that they're going to really get signed by one of these networks? or I mean, because for me, honestly, I think being on pop TV late night is hurting them. Where, yes. As they were in, I think, was it True TV? No, they were on Sci-Fi, right? Before? Yeah, Sci-Fi, and then it went down to, oh, what did they go? Uh, Home and Garden, no, it wasn't Home and Garden Network, it was a <laughs> Sasquatch stuff on it and all that junk. Yeah, uh, but, uh, but they had them at a good time slot, though, you know? Well, I'm going to have to say this, Tony, um, I have a lot of friends at Impact. Okay. Uh, um, 
who are really good friends, and I feel really bad, but when I think of the current state of Impact, it makes me think of the day when uh, somebody asked Jesse Ventura when he left the AWA uh-huh. uh, what he saw the AWA as, and he said it was like the last swirl of the toilet bowl after you flushed. Oh, man, and, that's uh, rough. And I, I, I want TNA so badly to... to to succeed i want more wrestling and better quality stuff mm-hmm. and of course i have a lot of friends there but yeah. let's face it i mean when we get into impact this week friends it was embarrassing and oh, uh, we'll boy. talk about that yeah that was very embarrassing but and as for them trying to say that they're talking to wgn to sci-fi <laughs> that's like okay you've been demoted so far down the toilet now you're looking at the top of the rim thinking you might jump up yeah i don't think it's gonna happen yeah no well uh, hey we'll see We'll see what happens. Um, the only, honestly, though, this weekend impact, though, there was only one good thing that happened. We're gonna talk about that in a second. Um, the other rumor that I got is Cody Rhodes wants to work the 2019 G1 Climax tournament, indicating he's sticking with New Japan beyond the end of this year. So I thought his contract was up. You know what? He's got a handshake agreement, is what's been saying around with New uh, Japan. No, with uh, ROH. Oh, really? Um, it's, well, it's, he is. So he could leave pretty much at any time. That's uh, true. He's well known in New Japan, so I yeah. can see this happening. But he's happening. also well. He's going to be on that pay per view too for Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, he's fighting. Who's he fighting? Sorry. No. Uh, Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal. That's right. Yeah. The belt. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, hey, you know what? I don't, Cody Rhodes, man. Uh, I because I always cover WWE. I think honestly, I just think WWE dropped the ball on him. Um, oh, seriously. Uh, now, granted, now I ain't gonna lie. I did like the Stardust gimmick. I did, but I just think it went too far. Um, at one point of time, um, they should have given creative control to Cody to, because I guarantee what he's doing since he's left, it definitely would have worked in, in WWE. You know, so. That, that's all I got to say about it. <laughs> all right, so the other rumor I got is uh, there's at least some talk going around that the elite could simply create their own promotion next year, which obviously means not going to WWE. We talked about that earlier. Uh, that would likely mean still working with promotions like New Japan and Ring of Honor. So I I, I heard I gotta say different. Tony, uh, I got to say something here. Go ahead. You know what? Uh, there last week, the Florida Panthers trademarked a name for elite wrestling. Oh, really? There is, there is, maybe stipulate. You know, maybe they might be the bat, the wrestling thing that the young bucks are looking at going Ooh. at. That's kind of a rumor too, I've heard. Okay, well, we'll see where it goes. <laughs> All right, uh, there's increasing talks that Silas Young uh, may sign with the WWE after his Ring of Honor contract expires next month. Uh, what do you think of that? No, you don't think I so. Think- well, if you look closely in Survivor Series, Silas Young was in the audience sitting in the thing. That's just right. The Dang it. You beat me to it. You know what? <laughs> I did remember that son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't. So, well, there you go. Rumor confirmed. <laughs> hey, you know what's great, Tony? What's that? You, for Time Capsule down the road, I do have a Silas Young interview. Uh, oh, nice. Great. Yeah, really nice guy. Awesome. Can't wait to hear it. All right. My last one, my last rumor I got is that reports Jim Ross and Chris Jericho are not involved with the planning of an all-elite wrestling that is being driven by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. So Y2J and JR could be uh, talent for the new promotion, though. So, Yeah, 
We'll see. I'm, I'm not sure what I can even say to that one. No, nothing. Nothing. No. <laughs> all right, so that's all I got for rumors. TJ, what do you got for the injuries, my friend? Well, you know what? It was an extremely hard week this week for MLW. Really? Three injuries to report this week. The biggest one, mm-hmm. Ray Phoenix, groin tear, will be out the Ooh. rest of the year. That's why Pentagon Jr. is fighting Teddy Hart instead of the uh, Lucha Brothers versus Hart Foundation, which was yeah. originally for now, now, isn't Conan managing them? Yes, he is. So, uh, he, But he's also managing, um, what's his name, uh, Dago? Is that, is, that, is it Daga or Dago? No, 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 wait. Daga or Dago? That's what I meant to say. It's Dago? Okay. Yeah. But because in, in MLW, they said it two ways. They said Dago, yeah. and then later on they said Daga. I was like, wait, what? Y'all lost yeah. me. <laughs> that's, that, that, that's, that's Tony Schiavone and uh, Matt Stryker. And Matt Stryker, yeah. Why is Matt Stryker getting all these gigs? Jesus, and, and not for nothing. I know I'm jumping around a lot, and I, I apologize. But on 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 the, on the wrestling POV, we ha- we have a hatred for Colt Cabana, and then yet there he is, ring uh, being a commentator for Ring of Honor. I don't like it. Sorry. What you like this guy anyway? I just hate him. I've okay. always hated him because he wrote the coattails of CM Punk. If if Rick heard me talking about that right now, he'd be doing cartwheels. Because he knows I don't like CM Punk either. <laughs> well, well, looking forward to here, uh, going forward with our injury report, um, you were going to talk about and examine the match that this guy was on this week, but MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, the yeah. uh, current uh, light heavyweight champion for MLW, mm-hmm. uh, has has a six weeks out with an elbow fracture. Really? So that, yes. that'll... Well, we'll talk about that when we talk about MLW, but I was wondering, too. I was one that I had some thought. I'm like, why is this guy not really involved in the match? But we'll talk more about that match later on. We'll go over MLW, but I didn't know that. And Tony, you're going to love the classy tweet he sent out. Oh, really? Elbow fractured, six weeks out. At least I don't have to see your ugly faces for a while. (laughs) Jesus Christ. And uh, one that shouldn't surprise me, because this is something I always wonder about when you have MMA guys going back and forth from wrestling. Dirty mm-hmm. Tom Lawler broke his hand in his last MMA fight, despite the fact that really? he's scheduled for some heavy-duty matches for MLW. Looks like he'll be out for a while too. How how long do they say? Do you know? They have not said yet. They're still. This is fresh, like two or three days ago. They're still examining whether he's going to have to get surgery or not. Oh really? So then that feud with him and uh, Low Key that ain't going to happen. Nope. But Low Key's also still got a whole bunch of feuds going on that's with true. other people. So that no, that's true. That is true. Well, you know what? We've we've taken a look at the news, the rumors, and the injuries. I think it's time we take a look at my favorite wrestling this week, New Japan. Alrighty then. Now, we've been talking about the World Tag League. It's basically what's the only matches going on. There's no single matches of no right. actually going on during these tours. Mm-hmm. As of today, we were up to day seven of this tournament. However, me and you only looked at days three to six and, and kind of glanced at some of the matches. Right. I wanted to talk about some of the teams that we saw in here. Yeah. And last week, I looked at four teams. I'm going to th- talk about three of the other teams okay. today. We're going to start off with the interesting team of Juice Robinson and David Finley. Yep. yep. Uh, Juice Robinson, formerly C.J. Parker of NXT. Yeah, NXT, doing good for himself. 
and David Finley, who is the son of Fit Finley, these two guys have come together to form a really fun, exciting young team. And, and I tell you, though, um, with David Finley Jr., like, he has a totally different look. Totally different look. And style. And style, style. yes. That, uh, he, he, like, if you were to say, like, if he didn't use Finley, uh, Finley as his last name, he would something else, and then you would have said, yeah, that's uh, Finley's son, I wouldn't have believed it. You know, because I'm sorry to say, because, you know, second generations and even third generation wrestlers, they always have a similarity either in look, style of their father or grandfather. Point taken, look at David Boy Smith mm-hmm. and look at uh, Pillman. Pillman yeah, looks a lot like Brian, his dad. You know, oh, you yeah. can't, you can't, when I, I was like, wow, that's his dad right there. You know, and Davey Boy Smith, the same thing. I mean, but Davey Boy Smith is a monster. Yes. My God, he's like, what, 6'8"? Six, 6'7 six, like, or 6'8, yeah. Anyway, so Juice Robinson, I'm glad for him, though. Being in NXT, I don't think they used him properly. He did the right thing, in my opinion, for mm-hmm. leaving NXT and doing what he's done. You know, and he teamed up with David Findlay, and, you know, they're in the uh, – the tag tournament. I mean, their record is three and one. They got six points, so they're in. They're tied for first. Yeah. So well, I, I think they're going to do okay in this little thing. I don't think that they're going to be able to actually go and win the tournament. There are some really strong teams they have yet yeah. to face. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're right about Juice Robinson, though. Um, a lot of people, when he signed with New Japan, were like, "Why on earth is New Japan signing a guy who yeah. kind of washed out in NXT?" Well, he went mm-hmm. on to be one of their first uh, intercontinental. Well, he became uh, the U.S. champion for a while. He was the first American to win their U.S. belt. Really? And he has been a main eventer for uh, New Japan for the last six months. I didn't know that. Yeah, I just got is, educated. He, he is good, and David Finley. He is still. He is only a year or two removed from being a young lion. So. He's mm. still at the baby start of his career. It's great that he's teaming, you know, found an English-speaking partner in Japan. Probably right. a good thing for him. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, their team is fun, but let's face it, David Finley eats a lot of pins anytime they match up or he fights with himself. So. Yeah, yeah. But no, you know what? I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I'm sorry to say I know New Japan is your baby, TJ, but I do see David Finley Jr. going to the WWE. I'll give it oh. about, yeah, i give it about yeah. three years. Three years. Oh, I see. How could he not with the, with the pedigree he has? Come exactly, and, and plus his, his dad's still with the WWE. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing back there, but he—I think he's a producer, maybe or a talent agent. Yeah. I'm not sure, but even still, I give it about three years. I mean, I, I, let me ask you a question to you. Yeah. How long when when uh, town signed with New Japan? Isn't there yeah. a certain length they got to sign them for? They only sign them for one year contracts. It, is it really? I thought it was yeah. more. Year to year. Nope, it's always been their tradition. They may start looking now because of the way the WWE works, right? But it has been traditionally one year contract after but, Wrestle Kingdom. Just about everyone's up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was gonna say because they're really slick too. New Japan, they ain't dumb because they they when they do contract negotiations, they always end their contract right after uh, Royal Rumble, so that way they wouldn't appear at the Royal Rumble as a surprise. <laughs> slick, exactly. slick. I like it though. I like. Hey, you know what? Smart business. Smart business, you know. Now, this team I see probably going in the mid-pack, making some waves, but I don't actually see them becoming, you know, the winners here. Right. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. But I do like the team, though. I can't front. Yep. I do like it's the team. It's fun. 
Next team we're going to look at is one of the more hated teams here. Two guys who are not popular in New Japan. One of them is probably the most hated guy who's been in New Japan for so long. And I don't mean hated as in feared, but mm. that kind of X-Pac hate where everyone's like, ugh, this <laughs> douche again. We're talking about the team of Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, Zack... Mm-hmm. Zach, he's he's a man-made wrestler. He can do whatever he wants. He's kind of a jerk, and he, his style is very... It's infuriating. As a worker, you probably have... When you come across these guys who are all like, grab your fingers, wrap you in a gazillion holes, mm-hmm. it's got to be frustrating when they don't stand and fight. Yeah, it is. It is. It, and, yeah, it definitely can be. But at the same time, you want people like that, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because... You know, in wrestling, and you, you, you would know this too, TJ, is that, you know, there is called a rest spot. And when guys that are that technical like that, you want to wrestle them because they will give you a rest spot all day if they could. But yeah. they still make it enjoyable too. So, yeah, no, I, I don't got an issue with it. Zach Sabre, though, Jr., I got to give him props, though. He is coming a long way. He's mm-hmm. definitely coming a long way. And uh, I can't wait. Uh, how do you, his partner? Tai Chi. Tai Chi. That's what I always keep. I'm like wondering. Very flamboyant dude. <laughs> um, you said that right. Yeah, I mean, very flamboyant. If you guys don't know who he is, like when he comes out to the ring, he wears one of those, um, uh, like the Phantom of the Opera, Phantom of the Opera type mask, or like from um, New Orleans. Uh, um, what do they call those? Mardi Gras. Thing. Mardi Gras, yeah. He'll come out with one of those with a little feather and tie. He's got this flamboyant robe. Um, he has this he has almost kind of um, gorgeous George-esque, but Japanese. Did you catch the main part of his gimmick? <laughs> what? Did you catch the main part of his gimmick? You might not have because you were watching stuff without a great mic system, but he carries out a microphone, and he actually is pretending yeah. to sing his Prince theme. Oh, really? I saw him. No, I did see him coming out with a microphone. Like a long, It's a long one, too. Yeah. And I didn't think, you know, at first I, I was like, wait, what the hell is that? Oh, that's a microphone. I'm like, what? what? But, you know, the well, the show that I was watching that didn't have audio or whatever, they didn't have commentary, so I was like, oh, this is weird. But anyway, no, I did enjoy it, though. Uh, he's, uh, he's a good wrestler, for sure. And the last part of his flamboyancy, of course, is halfway through the match, he'll rip off his pants to have what is probably the smallest wrestling tights I've ever seen in his Yeah. <laughs> Very disturbing. Yeah. No. Now, this team is an interesting counterbalance, and it's... I've got to say I'm surprised. When I first saw the matchup, I thought, oh, Zack Sabre is going to be carrying this guy. Yeah. But for the first time in years, Tai Chi has actually been slightly impressive, which really shocks me. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give them a mid-rate rating for this t- this team up. Honestly, though, these guys will not make it that far, in my opinion. No. I'm not. I mean, their record right now is 2-2. Two and two. They only got four points. They're doing a lot better than the other teams. Yeah. I tell you this much. But this is, like you said, you know, uh, Sabre Jr., He's the one that would carry on this team, and uh, but at the same time, with uh, how do you say his name again? Tachi. Sorry, he you know was inexperienced too, and uh, I don't know. I, they won't go that far. I'm shocked that they got the record that they got. To be honest, at two and two. Well, so you got to remember, this is a full round robin tournament of 14 teams, so this is right. going on for quite a few days. Yeah, yeah. Two and two may not get you. That might be all they get. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yep, but for sure. The third, team, the third team I'm going to look in going in here is the current New Japan Tag Team Champions. Mm-hmm. They are called the Gorillas of Destiny. Yeah. Of Tama Tama, 
sorry, Tamatonga and Tongaloa. Mm-hmm. Now, Tongaloa, you guys might remember as Kamachi yep. in the WWE. And these two fellas are the sons of Haku. Haku. Yep. And, and I'm going to tell you this, man. I've been looking forward to these two. I mean, more at Tamatonga. I'm going to tell you that. Tongaloa, yep. you know, in WWE, seen him before. Good wrestler. Good wrestler. But I've, I've been waiting for Tamatanga for the longest time. And this whole shtick that he did with the Bullet Club and then became... Um, what's the new group that he, he formed? Firing what is Squad. What firing is it called? Squad. The Firing Squad. The Firing Squad. Is it the fire? I thought that was called something else. No, no. Well, the thing is, they called themselves the Firing Squad. But then when the Elite quit the Bullet Club, they just took the name back. So now they're Bullet Club Firing really? Squad. I thought that was called something else, though, when they jumped them. No, like when they turned on them? Yeah. Really? Is it the firing squad? All right. Well, I could be wrong. Maybe I am wrong. All right. I am wrong. But either either way, though, Tamatanga, this guy is just a beast. I love, I follow him on Twitter and Instagram. The dude is hilarious, man. Like him and, him and Roman Reigns, they go at it, at each other. And it is just hysterical to watch. Tamatanga, if he's anything like his dad, I'm telling y'all right now, he is going to be, as they say in the wrestling business, a force to be reckoned with, you know, because he don't play, you know. Tonga Loa, he, eh, I think he's still with the WWE type style, you know what I'm saying? But he is catching on, though. You know, he really is, you know. I mean, the Gorillas of Destiny, they're 3-1 and one in the tournament. They got a six. There's six points tied with Evil and Sonata. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, Sonata. And uh, best friends too. They're also at three and one. So how many more days do they have with this TJ? I would say it's at least another six or seven days. Oh really? That fast? I, I mean, thought... you have to you have to fight each team once. Oh wow! All right. See, I'm new to it, but I'm still hip yep. to it. <laughs> now, did, did you you mentioned that they had a three and one record as we went in, right? Yeah. Now, I explained on la- on last week's episode on the World Tag League, if you are the champions like the Grills of Destiny and you lose a match, that team gets an automatic title shot against you next. Really? And we're going to talk about that team today in our, our that match in particular. I want to just go over for a second because oh, the ramifications right. and of the team who it was yeah, really sure. surprised me. Yeah. So, now, you talk about... Uh, Tomatonga being like a wild card. They call him the bad boy yeah. of wrestling. Now, when I first started watching last year, mm-hmm. when I first watched the very first G1, I watched the full press conference. And they basically translated everything in Japanese. But the guys who spoke in English, they just let them talk. And it was hilarious because this guy came out. I didn't really know much about him because I just started watching. Tomatonga? Tomatonga. Okay. He grabs the mic and he goes, This is supposed to be the G1 World Summit thing. He goes, this is a crock of bullshit. How can it be, if we're only in Japan fighting mostly Japanese wrestlers, how can you call this shit world? Like, give me a break, New Japan. Get your heads up asses and start signing some people. And he sat down. Wow. Now, let me ask you a question, TJ. Do yeah. you think after this tournament uh, is done, do you think he's going to go into a singles uh, competition? No. No? Of course not. I, I, people have been waiting for this for years. Um, he's so tied up and invested with his brothers. I mean, yeah. not only is Tongaloa his brother there, but he's also got a third brother who appeared last year. Very green, but this guy's like six foot eight. Yeah, no, I, yeah. What's his name? 
I cannot remember his name. At okay, the now we'll look it up. We'll find out. But no, for sure. Yeah, no, I know exactly who you're talking about, and uh, yeah, they're definitely protecting him because he is green. But the dude is a beast. I'm t- oh man, you know, and I hate to say this because I am a WWE guy, but imagine these guys, you know, with their dad as their manager or protege or whatever, coming in and invading WWE. My issue would be they would destroy a lot of the tag teams in the WWE. I'm sorry, I know that. It, honestly, and <laughs> I know Rick will have a problem with it because he hates Samoans, but I think the, the Usos. Uh, they're not Samoans. But I know, but he thinks they're they are. Tongans. They're, they're Tongans. Tongans, yeah, but he'll think, he thinks that they're Samoans. But I think the Usos would definitely give them a run for their money, but then. It would be awesome to see the Usos teaming up with them, too. To form probably one of the biggest and badass stables in wrestling history. But my issue is that I'm afraid that WWE would want to take control of that and turning them into something that they're not. And we won't see the full potential of Tamatanga, especially. Because Tamatanga is just a character on his own. That's why I asked you if, if a singles career would benefit, you know, because it would. It would. I'm it sorry. Would, it would definitely. But um, I think them going into WWE, though, I, and I hate saying it, but I think the WWE creative, they're not on good terms. That's why they're in the book. But that's. I just think they wouldn't know what to do with them. I really don't. Exactly. You know what? You said you had that uh, dream of it. I have the nightmare of them going there and they're given clown suits <laughs> or dressed up old wrestlers from the 1920s <laughs> or fashion models from Tonga or something ridiculous. Oh, my God. But you know what, though? I, you know, thinking about it now, though, their dad, their freaking, he looks at your cockeyed dad and you get you pee your pants. I yeah. don't think he would allow it. I don't. I <laughs> I, I, you know, I hope not either. You know, I mean, Christ, WWE needs a big change, especially after watching the monstrosity of Raw and the monstrosity of SmackDown that I'm going to talk about this Friday. Speaking of that, uh, not this Friday, this Saturday, um, Wrestling POV. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Wrestling POV. Check us out. Leave some comments, not only for the Wrestling POV crew. But Wrestling POV Global, TJ is the band. He knows his shit when it comes to New Japan, Ring of Honor, MLW, all everything about indies. You want to know about it, put it on our Facebook page. Go ahead and ask TJ, and he'll answer him. He might not answer it right away, but he'll answer it. And he'll give you straight up answer. If I don't know answer. it, I'll lie and pretend I do. Exactly. But, of course, TJ, that is what the Google is for. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Wikipedia. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know what, uh... Let's uh, let's talk a bit about the team. You know, there were some great matches so far. We've seen all kinds of styles. Uh, we've talked about uh, some of the great teams. The one match I want to key on right now because mm-hmm. of this whole, if you lose, if the t- champion loses a match during this, they have to give a title shot. The team right. of Ten Cozy. And that's like, uh, these are two older gentlemen I talked about last week mm-hmm. that uh, are in the twilights of their, almost the twilights of their career. People, they probably still only got about 10 years left in them at the most. But Tenzon, Tenzon is kind of walking wounded half the time, and I feel like Kojima really carries that team a lot. But Kojima took the pin on them, on Tongaloa, and wow, Ten Cozy getting a shot definitely at the Gorillas of Destiny before Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, really? 
Yeah, that's that that'll have to happen. That's part of part of New Japan's uh, rule structure. You're you're the t- the team that lo- the championship team who loses their match to any of these people has to give those guys a title shot. Ooh. So who would you see um, go up against the uh, um, Girls of Destiny? Like who would I see winning this tournament? Who, no, who would you like to see go up against them for like the tag belts outside well, of the I, tournament? After the tournament, um, I. I'm a big fan of uh, Kojima, uh-huh. and uh, so Ten Cozy is a fun team to watch. Mm. I'd love to see that match, but I don't really see their chances of being that great. Okay. You know, like, mm-hmm. they got a lucky win in there, I feel. I feel they took a good advantage of stuff. But I think the Killer Elite Squad is definitely the team that, in my... I, I'm going to say this. I pick them as my overall winners of this tournament. No. Davy Boy Smith Jr., Lance Archer, these are two guys that are six foot seven each, yeah. and they are monsters. They are big, and they are a ferocious tag team. Lance Archer, he kind of reminds me of uh, Crush from back in the day. Remember Crush? Yeah. Kind of reminds me of him a little bit, the way you know his, his facial features and his, his hairdo. Yeah. But he is a big... I thought Dave Boy Smith Jr. was a big guy. Lance Archer, guys, if you don't know who he is, look him up. He is another big dude. These two guys... You're, you're absolutely right. I agree with you. I do. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, there's so many great things going on with this tournament. It's a good time... I kind of like the focus on tag teams. How long has it been since tag teams have been really important? The WWE has maybe two tag teams at any time that they push, and then everyone else's (laughs) joke gimmicks that the champs Mm -hmm. destroy. So this is nice. It's true. I mean, I I see what you're doing there, TJ, you know, bashing WWE. But but you're right, though. But you're right. You're absolutely right. You know, the WWE, their tag team division now is just horrendous. Right now, honestly, my favorite tag is the AOP. Um, they are so they, they they gave them a bit of a push. Then they took them back. And then they gave them a push again. So at least they're doing that. I thought they were going to really uh, completely ruin them. But they didn't. But you're absolutely right. I would lo- I'd love, I like, when you send me this, I was like, all right, yeah, no, I'm definitely interested in this, you know, because it's tag team. This is, this is something you don't see every day, you know, exactly. and New Japan does it. And the thing of it is, um, with New Japan, you look at the Killer Elite Squad and you look at um, Gorillas of Destiny and Juice and Finley. These are, these are teams that, like, like, they work together, they fit together. Even though with Juice and Finley, a little, you know, one is greener than the other. And, you know, with Tachi and, and Sabre Jr., that, they're a little bit different, too. But it works. Mm-hmm. You know, it does work. And it's just, you know, I'm, I'm glad you pointed me out to this stuff because I was watching it all day. I'm going to keep following this, too. So I might be commenting on the, on the Facebook page. So. Well, you know, uh, as you're talking about tag teams being important, also note that there is also a junior tag team division. For rest for tag teams that are under four hundred and twenty pounds or something like that. <laughs> really? Like, that the young Bucks used to be like nine time champions of. No kidding. Yeah. Never so knew that. <laughs> there is a whole bunch of junior tag teams out there with smaller wow. guys that are fast, high flyers that just aren't big enough for the heavyweight division. So when are they doing that? They already did that about uh, two months ago. Oh, two months ago? Oh. Who won it's it? It's a much smaller tournament. Uh the the champions came out on top of that one, I believe. No kidding. So they get to pick their opponents. But uh, when you look at this, it's um, it's really unique because it's a whole different style of tag team wrestling even. Right, it is. And 
And admittedly, the junior division isn't as highly pushed because its tournament is only actually four teams mm-hmm. entered into it. That so. is interesting. I will. Well, I, I am going to follow up more on it. All right. Well, let's let's get out of New Japan and hop into Impact. Oh, you know boy. what? This is going to be a small hop. Folks. Yeah, this is going to be just a skip. It ain't yeah. going to be a hop. It's just going to be a skip. <laughs> now, I've been, trying, I've been trying to sell people on Impact for a while. Yeah. It's been getting better and better, and then they do something horrendously crappy like this two-hour episode. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Oh, do you want to start this off and tell people what they saw? Uh, it's, it's probably the most dumbest thing I've ever seen. And the thing of it is, we're our big supporters of Glenn Glue Birdie, otherwise known as, or AKA, also known as the Disco Inferno. Now, uh, at the explain the ending, TJ, because I'm like, I'm <laughs> okay. baffled by it, and I'm like, all right, what the hell's going on here? Okay, this ridiculous match is a 10-man match, and each match, it's called the Eli Drake's Gravy Train or something ridiculous yeah. like this. And the whole point is, whoever eats the, the pin on either side is forced to wear a turkey suit. Yeah. And apparently this is the ultimate in TNA shame because they keep talking people who've worn the suit have disappeared forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this entire two-hour episode was basically a bunch of reruns saying, oh, look at this highlight. Oh, look at this highlight. Yeah. Leading to this horrendously bad match, which the only repercussion in it was, the only meaning, the only goal of it was not to wear a turkey suit. Right. Does stuff like this make you die inside a little bit, Tony, when just you watch this? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And, and the thing is, it's just them doing a drawing of it, too. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, they, they really milked this out like it was the biggest thing ever. Yeah. And it's not, e- not even the best draws went into this thing. No, no, not at all. Now, Tony, I got to ask you one question. As, right. as a worker, when you see a guy like Fall Up Ball, mm-hmm. can you take this guy seriously in any context? Because to me, he looks like. Yokozuna shrunk to like five foot four, <laughs> extremely round. Extremely and round. Not that talented. No, he's not that talented. Um, but I, I, I hate to say this though, but the guy is a little bit, you know, funny. Funny, yes. Um, but he's also, oh man, I don't want to say he's very uh, flexible, but that's not the answer. But. For a big guy his size, because he is big either way, you know, even though he is like five foot something, he is a big guy, and to do what he does, I have to give him credit. Not a great wrestler, but he does try, and he does try to uh, go toe-to-toe with uh, a lot of experienced guys, a lot of guys that does a lot of flips and stuff like that, but I, I... no, I I just <laughs> what's his name? Oh my god, the um the one guy that used to be in WWE, um, he was the one that uh, he was mentally uh, he had something going on. I forgot what his name. Eugene. Oh, Eugene. For me, yes. that's a character for him. I'm sorry to say because you can't take him seriously. You got to put him in some kind of character. That would yeah. be his character. Fair enough, fair enough. And didn't it seem extremely bizarre that this guy was team captain versus Eli Drake, probably one of the few main event impact guys who look like he should be in the WWE? Yeah, yeah. Do you think he'll be in the WWE? I think he should be in the WWE. He just re-signed with uh, Impact for two years, so... If Impact will last two years. 
Yeah, that's true. If they fold, I guess those contracts are null. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. And then may, who knows? Maybe he will sign, but who knows? But he also looks like a guy that I'm, I'm afraid that he – what do you do with him when he gets to the WWE? Do you make him a killer accountant, a garbage truck deliverer, a tax account? <laughs> <laughs> he, he can be Elias' roadie. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Elias is roadie. My and he'll God. sing a song that he actually sings. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> my God, that was one of the worst songs in memories, though. My, something about my baby tonight. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what, though? Once they start singing it, you know the words. So it's like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> yeah. So, fans, I got to tell you, this week's uh, impact, terrible. Terrible. It was I really bad. hope this isn't a starting trend. I'm hoping that next week we're going to get a half-decent show because this, this was just embarrassing and mm. bad. And after it, three weeks of great shows to give us something so poor, I mean, we didn't even get, like, besides Eli, Eli Drake, we didn't even really get any big wrestlers in this 10-man match. Nope. Even the women wrestlers were the lower-tiered women wrestlers mm-hmm. of Impact. Yep. So I'm not sure what to think of that. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm right there with you, TJ. Well, you know what? I think it's time. Uh, it sounds like you're getting the bottom of your beer there, Tony, and I think I've gotten the bottle of my drink, and, and we should probably take a quick break here. I'm going to run over the fridge and uh, grab another one. You crack one more, and yeah. let's tackle some more indie. All right. We'll get right to it. We'll be right back. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. Listen to the Wrestling POV Podcast. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. We are back. And guess what, TJ? Not only... In the fans, of course. But not only is Wrestling POV affiliated with Collar and Elbow, but so is Wrestling POV Global. Okay? So all you people out there listening, go to Collar and Elbow. And they got tons of shirts, glasses. We've talked about underwear before, but we're not sure. We're not sure. But even if they do have it, order it from there. You know why? Because if you put the promo code WPOV, you get 10% off. Yes, in Spanish. I think it's cool in Japan. <laughs> Which is 10%. I had to say it real quick. In German, it's... Um, what is it? Zen. It's Zen. Zen in German. So if you're out in Germany, Zen percent. I don't know how to say the rest, but it's Zen percent off your purchase by putting in the promo code WPOV and you're also supporting your indie league wrestling from around the world people Al Snow told me this and he also told me that if you guys don't start putting in the WPOV code he was going to put a collar and elbow on some of y'all sons of bitches but that's not coming from me folks that's coming from Al Snow he told me that personally anyway <laughs> 10% off, people. WPOV. That is the promo code. Put it in there. Get your 10% off and enjoy the wear. I have mine. I don't have it on right now, but I do have mine, and they are a, they're comfortable shirts, TJ. I like them. They're a different kind of fabric. Yeah, man. All right, so it is time for Honor Roll. Well, you know what? Going into Honor Roll, I got to say, Tony, thanks for that because, hey, you even got the, the promo code right. That's something I really appreciate in uh, the coldest. Yeah, WPOV. That's what it is. WPOV. <laughs> this week's ROH wrestling was kind of all over the map. I'm going to have to say that. Uh, we had some really good things. We had some yeah. inexplicable things. And we had some things that were pretty darn fun. Yeah. Let's start off Let's start off with the, the kind of I don't know things. And that's definitely this whole Matt Taven, Dalton Castle thing that's going on. Mm. Matt Taven continually attacking Dalton Castle. This week, 
Dalton Castle sends out the boys to take on the kingdom. Matt Taven laughs at them, says, I've beat these idiots before. I'm going to take them on one by myself. Mm-hmm. And proceeds to lay waste to the poor boys. First of all... He whipped their ass. Yeah, I'm kind of tired of the boys' shtick to begin with. Yeah, I, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. I'm not. I'm just not. at The whole flamboyancy, you know, nothing against it, you know, but it's just not working. For, I think they can do so much better without it, you know? Here's the problem. Flamboyancy aside, Dalton Castle can get in there, be flamboyant, mm-hmm. and kick ass. The boys get in there, and they just get beat all the time. There is no yeah. one time in that match where you thought these guys were going to get mad and do something. Yeah, no, and it wasn't. And to, and to just get beat by just one guy, you know, by Taven, it was like, I was like, really? Did that just happen? I was like, well, hey, you know, that's the best of business for you. But, yeah, the boys, I'm not, I'm just not feeling that gimmick. I, I'm not. They got to, they need to change. And as a worker, I got to ask you, mm-hmm. the whole gimmick of somebody waiting under the ring for an awfully long time to drag someone under, what do you think of that nonsense? I have no, I hope they have a trap door underneath there because that's a long time to be under there. It is. I'm like, what in the wrestling. There is no trap door. You know this. No, I do. I know. But I'm just saying, good God, man. Really? Did they really? I can understand the pay-per-view. But it wasn't a pay-per-view. <laughs> no. This was just a weekly show out somewhere. So. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we're talking about uh, that Vinny Marcellia hiding under the ring. Mm-hmm. He releases balloons before he pops up and then drags somebody off to <laughs> wherever. Yeah. <laughs> Funny, but... No, don't do okay. it no more, dude. <laughs> then the next question has to be a really serious one, Tony. Mm-hmm. In all your years of wrestling, when you guys have put up the rings, is there a portal to hell that is underneath each wrestling ring? Because the Undertaker seems to open it. Kane seems to open it. Is Vincent, is Marcellia coming out of that? Is, is there a dimension to hell? Well, if it is, only the Undertaker and Kane know about it. <laughs> <laughs> I put up many rings in my day, and, and I've never seen it. Um, Kane and, and The Undertaker, that's a different story. Maybe they know something I don't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, moving, on, moving on to a thing that was I thought should have been more important, should have been a better match, should have been more quality, and really I thought failed to deliver, was the last opening for the fourth woman to go into, uh, into final battle was a match between Kelly Klein mm-hmm. and Mandy Rose. These are supposed Jenny to be Rose. two girls who have Sorry, Jenny Rose. Yes, Jenny Rose. Now, Jenny Rose apparently chipped Kelly Klein's teeth a couple months ago. It wasn't even the chip. Yes, come on, man. It was barely even a chip, and they're making a big deal about it. But but they're they're trying to hype this up as like legitimate heat between these two women. Yeah. And this was a lame ass women's match. I'm sorry. I I like Kelly Klein. Uh, I haven't seen Jenny that much, but. This really fell flat for me. It, it was really flat. Jenny Rose plays way too much with the crowd. Way too much. Kelly Klein is still green. Um, she needs a lot of work. Got potential, but she needs a lot of work. Nothing against girls with a little tummy. I kind of dig that stuff. But, you know, her outfit, you know, it's like, wait a minute, you know, you she needs to work on it. I, I'm big. If you listen, listen to Wrestling POV Podcast, I am really big on character um, appearance. You know what I'm saying? If you're a bad guy, wear dark colors. If you're a good guy, wear lighter colors, you know? Um, obviously, she did wear dark colors, but it was something about it that I was kind of like, you know, it made her look slow. You know what I'm saying? And she was very slow. I can tell she was very green. 
Um, Kelly, I mean not Kelly, uh, Jenny Rose, on the other hand, she does good. It's just as a baby face, you play way too much with the fans. And don't do that. Concentrate on the match. Have a good match. The the other character of being a baby face will come too, so that way you can play with the crowd. I've been saying about this with Ronda Rousey for the longest because she is a baby face, but then when she's in the ring, she's yelling too much at the crowd. Telling her, you know, telling them what the next move is going to be. So it was kind of like, you know, the match was, eh, it was okay. It wasn't the greatest I've ever seen, but it was okay for, for two people, in my opinion, that were green. Well, you know what? I, I do have a question for you real quick, a WWE mm-hmm. question that I need to ask somebody. Ronda Rossi in this, this eye makeup crap, what the hell is that? She does not look... It's like putting a pretty girl and slathering paint on her. It's yeah, terrible. I don't know. I mean, the makeup artist obviously in 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 the in the back there is convincing her that this looks good, but she it looks like count. Manitar from back in the day. Yes, but thank you. you know, the thing of it is, I mean, all black that she did. I think it was SummerSlam. She had all black. Yeah, no, that wasn't that wasn't very flattering. Um, the one that she did though on Survivor Series that was okay because it was red. It was red, orange, black, yeah. and something else. But at least <laughs> it mixed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. she's, she's got to tone it down. I know why she's doing it because it's supposed to be like a warrior, you know, war paint mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because if you ever notice, you know, the next night on Raw when she's wrestling, she don't have it on. You know, yeah. she only does it for the pay-per-view, so maybe that's her way of saying, this is my war pain. I'm getting, you know, like how Finn Balor, when he's wrestling in the pay-per-view, he changes into the demon, which we haven't seen in a while, but, you know, that's another story. Um, but no, yeah, she's got, she's got to stop with that, or tone it down a little bit, Jesus. <laughs> well, you know, I'm very disappointed in the fact that uh, you got a chance to see Kelly Klein this week, mm-hmm. and this is the performance she had, because... Yeah. Kelly Klein has been wrestling for at least six or seven years. Yes. She's a former trained by Les Thatcher. She's really? usually a, she's a really usually an incredible wrestler, and this was just flat. It, it was very flat green. Flat. It, it was, but I, she was green because I don't think she knows how to play the role of a babyface. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Six years, yeah, that's that's a long time, but. At the same time, if, if you're still not connecting with the crowd, you, you got to figure yourself out. Maybe yes. try being a heel for a little bit, you know. And in my career, I could remember countless times where I was a, a heel, but then yet the crowd was cheering me on. So I had to adjust mid-match and talk to the guy and be like, all right, crowd's starting to cheer me. You want to do this double turn real quick? Yep, all right, do it. Still was a heel, crowd loved it, but I still would give the, yeah, you know, here and there. Yeah. So with her, it's just, it was too much. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's, that's a, an experience for me, you know. And I think another thing that was very disappointing about this was the fact that this was going to be the match to determine the fourth woman yeah. that would enter this four-way. It's going to be the first time women have ever been at Final Battle pay-per-view. Yeah. And this was the losing, the, the kind of sad entrance into it. Mm-hmm. Just just fell flat. It made me maybe made think people might think that this isn't going to be a great four-way match with the women. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Kelly Klein, though, she, I mean, she ended up being the winner, but, you know... I, I don't know. I, I, they got to do something drastic to this match December 13th. So, we'll see what happens. Looking, looking next, uh, Christopher Daniels. He's been doing this kind of... Him and uh, SoCal U, they've been doing this storyline where they attack Joe Coff 
uh, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year. He told them if the end of the year came that they weren't champions or, you know, that there was no reason that he had to keep them, that he was terminating their contracts. Right. Well, SoCal, you managed on last week's episode of uh, ROH, managed to win the tag team belts. Mm-hmm. So Christopher Daniels, is the, he's shown putting the phone call in, turns to Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian says, hey, guys, you guys are not going to be fired. Here's your new contracts. I, however, looks like I still might be fired because I don't have a contract. Mm-hmm. Now, little known, well, maybe not a little known fact, little known fact to newer indie fans, Christopher Daniels and the Briscoe Brothers are the only wrestlers who were on the very first ROH match yeah. ever yep. years ago. So it's an interesting storyline. I mean, it's hard to believe that they're going to terminate him after this many years. <laughs> right. But, you know, the Briscoe Brothers, though, on the other hand, these guys got 18 years in the Indies. Did you know that? Yes, I did. 18 damn years. And, and they are something. Yeah, you know, and them in the main event and, and Ring of Honor against the Young Bucks for the um, uh, number one contenders, you know, you can see their experience, you know. And then and the Young Bucks, they've been wrestling since, I think, 2004? Yep. 2003, something, something like that. And that's still a long time, 14 years, and you can see their experience. I honestly... I ain't gonna lie, I'm not a big fan of the Young Bucks, by the way. No. But why you know, aren't you a fan of the Young Bucks? Why? I, they're too cocky. Okay. Way too and it's not just a ring thing either. Mm-hmm. It's not the gimmick. I love the gimmick, okay. but outside of wrestling, they're very, very cocky. You know, That's I've, fair. I I, I've seen that. I've seen a lot of interviews with them where, you know, the the age old question. Uh, so, if WWE offered you a contract, would you take it? Nah, you know, it's like, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. Everybody's goal, I don't give a damn who you are, everybody's goal is to make it to the big dance, which is WWE. In Face Off, we will talk more, I know, but this is my little, eh, my little Kickstarter to it. So... For the Young Bucks to blatantly come out, which they've never been in WWE, for them to come out and be so arrogant and and, uh, talk about the company like their second fiddle, it's like, dude, you're not there. You will never be there with this attitude. And it, it is an attitude thing. I wonder what your attitude would be if you was there. You know, okay. if the if the if the Young Bucks were in WWE, I think I, honestly I don't think the WWE would push them to the lengths that they expected to be pushed. So I don't blame them on that. But they they do got to change their attitude. They do. Okay. So can I throw a quick counterpoint out here? Then? Sure. I want you to look at it this way then. Mm-hmm. The Young Bucks right now they are a top draw across every independent that they appear at. They get top pay. Right. Uh, they determine their matches. They determine when they can go home to their children. Their T-shirt selling last year, their T-shirts introduced at Hot Topic. A WWE ma- shirts have never even made it to Hot Topic. Right. They're selling them in malls across Canada. Or, sorry, not across Canada, across North America. It was the number one tel- selling T-shirt in Hot Topic for people who didn't even know who the hell these guys were, really, because sure. they just knew the name. They are making so much money that... If they were to sign with the WWE, they lose those t-shirt rights. They lose their imaging rights. 
they are only guys who stand maybe 5'9", 5'10". There's no way they're going to be pushed anywhere like some of the giant monster teams. That's that's a known fact. Mm -hmm. And so I think that they kind of really deserve to have that attitude of, they know they're never going to make it. So why not throw the attitude of, yeah. this, This is my counter to that. Okay. Think of it this way. Every job that you go to and you get hired, you don't start off at the top. You start off at the bottom and you got to work your ass up to the top. If you have a right. poor attitude, you think they're going to put you up for a management position? No, they're not. But if you have a good attitude and you do what you're told and, and you do your best, yeah, they recognize that and be like, all right, you know what? It's time for you to be manager. Be a manager. When you own your own business, okay, you're already at the top. You're making the money that you want because you don't have to answer to nobody. You set your own hours. You set your own schedule. But that can only go so far. You know what I'm saying? Because there could be one day where some independent league could be like, you know what? Um, I I don't see it there. So go ahead and try somebody else or whatever. Because I'm sorry to say, the Young Bucks, they've been going at the same gimmick for a while now. Um, Their biggest shtick is the super kick. That can only go so far, and and nothing for nothing. Every almost everything that the young bugs do, they're copying off of somebody else. They're not really original all the time. You can agree with me or not, that's fine. But that's how I see it. They never they never come up to be original. They always got to copy somebody else. They do the bullet club thing. Oh, too sweet. Oh, gee, I wonder who did that. You know, the super kick thing. Gee, I wonder who was famous for that. It's like, dudes, come up with your own stick. You know, even though it did work for a while and they did get the blessings, but after a while, if your business goes broke, where are you going to go? Where are you going to do? You got to file bankruptcy. That's what you're going to have to do. I'm not saying that they will. I'm hoping that they do do good. But it can, it only goes so far. It can only go so far. You go to WWE, number one is security. You know, Jesus Christ, you haven't seen No Way Jose in freaking months. Still employed, still getting paid. But he recently showed up on Raw. <laughs> it's like, whoa, wait, wait, what? What happened? Who's this guy? Conga line, yeah, Conga. But anyway, but you know what I'm saying? So, you know. That's, that's just how I look at it. And for the Young Bucks to have that kind of attitude, and if that attitude does spread out back to the WWE, they're going to know. And they're going to be like, you know what? Yeah, we don't need that. And then all of a sudden, when if the Young Bucks feel that they're not getting the bookings that they used to, they will go crying back to WWE and be like, hey, uh, you guys interested in doing a contract? Like, mm, no, we heard about your attitude, you know? Okay. So, yeah. That, that's that's my that. take on it. That's my take I on it. I get that. Now, looking looking this week, we see Young Bucks versus the Briscoes, and this was a really, a lot of things go on in Young Bucks matches, and Briscoes matches, so together, yeah. there was a heck of a lot of stuff. Yeah. As a worker, did it make you sit back and go, holy smokes, were these guys going to pass out? Or Yeah, I mean, this match was good. I liked it. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> it's going to seem like I hate the, uh, the Young Bucks, but the Briscoes took over this match. They did. <laughs> The Briscoes, I like them. Those are guys I would love to see in WWE. Now, Definitely. You, you do know what happened when they tried out for WWE. Yeah, no, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't aesthetically pleasing right. to the WWE audience. But they were a different character then, too, compared yeah. to now. You see what they look like now? It's like, whoa, okay. They look some. They can easily fit in with Sanity right now. Yes. Easily. Oh, my goodness. Easily. Or even Bray Wyatt, for that matter. 
Now, now this match was tremendous. It was. Um, it was good. One of the key elements I find in Briscoe's matches, it seems like they have their own language. They have like a way of grunting and signaling each yeah. other constantly. Yeah. It's, it's, have you ever had that kind of relationship with a tag team partner where you guys knew that little things that you could say, not give away strategy, but talk? Oh, no. <laughs> and, and I'm a tag team specialist too, and I've never seen it like that. Um, it must be brothers, brothers then. Well, but no, I mean, when, when, like, I had this one tag partner for about seven years, Shotgun Steve Hunter. There you go. There's your shout out, brother. Um, me and him, we were tagged for about seven years. And, you know, after a while, we did get accustomed to knowing what we were going to do, the next move, and da-da-da, where we didn't even have to talk. So, you know, you, you look at the Briscoes, they've been tagging for such a long time. They can do stuff like that, and it adds to their character. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, for sure. Well, fans, this match ended up that they each grabbed a chair, one of the Briscoes, one of the Young Bucks, and they ended up attacking each other. And the referee mm-hmm. ruled it a no contest. Now, this is a problem in the fact that at final battle, uh, SoCal U is going to defend the title about whoever won this match to mm-hmm. be determined the number one contender. So for a few minutes, the fans, it, it was like a balloon was let out. Everyone was just like, oh. But <laughs> Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky come out and they say, you know what? We're not, we're not going to let this sit. We'll take you both on, both you teams. Yeah. And not only that, we're going to make it a ladder match. Yeah. Now, give big balls to, to SoCal U. This uh, mathematically increases your chances of losing this batch yeah. by having an extra team. And, and you know what? That's a rare thing to see. You know, yeah. a heel a team. demands a three-way. Yeah, that's very, very rare. Normally, that would be up to, like, a, a crooked manager or a crooked promoter or a crooked GM nowadays. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah. that's their place to do that. You know, to a babyface team, but they wouldn't necessarily do that to a heel team. You know what right. I'm saying? So that was interesting to see that. So yeah, you know, no, you're right. It increases their chance of losing. Um, but again, ladder matches like that, whoever comes out on top, even if it's um, you know retaining the belts or new champions. I've never seen a ladder match damage another person's career, so to speak, saying, like, if it hurt them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, If it was a pin, yeah, I was like, damn, that hurt him, you know? But in the ladder match, is completely different. You know what I'm saying? There's really nothing going on to where there is a pin or there's a count out or DQ or whatever, and you're disappointed. There is going to be a guaranteed winner. And that, the loser, it doesn't affect them, to be honest, in ladder matches. So. Well, you know, another thing that's really interesting to note here, too, I want to ask your opinion. Sure. You know, SoCal U, they have been the bad guys, but I have noticed that the last couple months, the fans have been cheering them and have made them the reluctant fan favorites. Scorpio Sky, I've met this guy. He is such a nice guy. And Frankie Kazarian? Yeah. Well, I'm going to let a little bit of secret about Frankie Kazarian out pretty soon, but... uh, they're both fun, tremendous guys. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the Stone Cold treatment, though. <laughs> that's how you got to look at it. It's the Stone Cold treatment. Sometimes you get that bad guy. Look at Becky Lynch. She's a heel. And they cheer, her, you know, they cheer for her, you know. Same thing with Stone Cold. You know, he did the bad guy image. People loved it. They started cheering. And look what happened, you know. Made history, you know. Okay. I, I can't take it anymore, Tony. I'm going to tell you here, and I'll, I'll announce it again. I did... Uh, just a couple days ago, 
got an interview with Frankie <gasps> Kazarian. No. And we talked about SoCal U. We talked about Scorpio Sky. We talked about the ROH, nice. uh, Exodus of the Elite, a whole bunch of stuff. But one of the things he said to me, and this is the only thing I'm going to tell you that was in that interview, he said to me, if you told me 10 years ago I could go into a town and say this is the crappiest city I've ever been in and be cheered like a maniac, <laughs> I would not have believed you. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's going to be in next week's episode. Yep, next week's episode. So it won't be time deal. capsule. This is fresh. We're going to do nice. a 10-minute interview that we had with Frankie Kazarian. Great awesome. stuff. I had to ask about people leaving ROH, you know, using the Young Bucks, Cody yeah. and all those guys. What does it do for them? He's staying, and he's talking a bit about things. Oh, oh he talked about it. Yeah, he talked about it. And then we even talked about a little personal things. We got little, I did not know how much he was into music and how much into really? cigars. We're going to hear this stuff. Nice. That is awesome. Fact, I cannot his, wait. He actually wrote his entrance theme song, and he talks about that. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. That is awesome. So, I love it. So here we now we've got the situation at Final Battle. It looks like it's going to be a three-way team match with mm -hmm. ladder for the belts uh i like this i like the episode but in this world of wrestling and with internet and things being taped earlier like we knew these we kind of knew these we could have gone online and looked at these results right like weeks ago a week or two ago at least yeah um what bothers me is the sense now is next week socal U is fighting um oh what i can't remember the team they're fighting but oh they're fighting two guys from cmll uh, Stuka Jr. and I can't remember the other, but two, the mm -hmm. CMLL tag team champs. And we know that they're not going to lose the belts. Right. They're announcing already how they're in the three-way over here. So Wow. As a kid growing up, uh, having to rely on rag sheets and tape trading, this is for me, it's sad that I do know this. Because, I mean, we even talked about the uh, last ROH um, pay-per-view a couple weeks ago mm -hmm. where SoCal U defended their belts, the same belts they won on last week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> so that's always a thing. And, and the same as when we talk about MLW, mm -hmm. you know, it was done like three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, we even talked, me and a former host talked about Dega and Loki two weeks ago oh. from the actual feed. So now we talk about the show. So we'll get into that in the next uh, segment. But mm -hmm. right now, ROH, a lot of cool things happening. Lots of scary stuff. Well, they, they were setting up a lot for uh, the, the December 13th final show. So the final battle, yeah. So Good setup, by the way. Excellent. Well, yeah. I, I, you know what? I, I, we're going to leave ROH, but i got to ask you one quick question here. Yeah. ROH, you've got... You've got the Young Bucks, you've got mm -hmm. Cody, you've got Marty Skrull, Hangman Page, and I think that's it. That's at least five of them mm -hmm. who are not resigning with your company next year. Hmm. What kind of company can take five big-name dudes that are at the top of the card, walking away? How much of a dent over your years of experience? It's hard to lose a top one or two guys. Yeah. Losing five, what does that do to you? That puts a damper in your pocket, I tell you that much. You know, it makes things harder to advertise, but then again, it makes it easier, too. You know what I'm saying? There's guys always knocking on the door to get to that main event status. So, I, I guarantee you, is going to be fine. Um, there is going to be a few people that are going to step up their game. Um, whoever's going to sign these guys, wherever they end up going, might be a big deal. Might be a big deal. So, you know... 
you just gotta wait and see, I guess, you know? Well, usually at this time I'd like to talk a bit about uh, wrestling from England, but you know what? We didn't get any this week. We got Major League Wrestling, MLW. MLW. Now, MLW got a lot of weird wrestlers. There's some rest- former WWE guys. There's mm-hmm. guys from the Independents. Kind of amalgamation of guys from everywhere. Yep. But we thought we'd look at this week's episode. And I know I can see you cringing when I brought this guy up earlier. But yeah. in the opening match, there was a, a fellow by the name of Marco Stunt. Yeah. And yeah. Marco Stunt... Um, it's like well, a surfer dude, I guess you want to say. But to me... Wait a No, I got it. I got it. You know what it is? He is a miniature version of Matt Riddle. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. He kind of is. Right? He's a miniature version of Matt Riddle. That's what it is. Wait, no. Matt Riddle's more talented. Sorry. No, that is true. Why is MLW trying to push this guy as beyond me? The guy's like about four feet tall. Um, The guy that he fought against sold a lot of his moves and i'm like wait no that no that's not supposed to happen he ended up losing the match though so it was just for me it was like why are they trying to push this guy i gotta tell you something i i enjoyed mlw i did but the crowd oh my god people get into it will you if i can hear these guys talking in the ring then you're not loud enough, and I'm listening. I'm watching it on TV. The, that crowd was very quiet. I'm sorry. I, you know, I've gotten on crowds before, and I'm going to get it again on this one. But they were really, really quiet to the point where it was just like, wow! I can hear every step. I can hear every move. I can hear every word that these guys are saying. You yes. know. Oh. And the one thing, the biggest problem I had with this is the fact that I've been involved in a lot of production of wrestling. Mm-hmm. I've worked with uh, our production companies out here. We've taped, we've done shows. And when you're watching a finished product and you can hear somebody say, oh, man, that guy's such an asshole. <laughs> out in the crowd, you can hear that on the thing. Oh. That's not cool. No. That's unprofessional and not cool. It is, yeah. But, I mean, there, there was only, what, three matches in this yeah. one? Yeah. he was one hey, of them. Scott. Yeah. Stunt, uh, wow, when he came out with the Rugrats shirt on. Yeah, and, uh, what the hell? I don't know what. Uh, he spent his entire match trying to do a suplex. Yeah, yeah, happened. what the. F- oh my God. I, I just. I, I hated it. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. He's Cheeseburger. He's, yes. Uh, uh, he's every little skinny little. Yeah. Kind of funny thing. Every company has one or two guys like that. I don't know why they're there. Yeah, they're there to fill no, time. I, I guess the thing of it is, I know it all too well. I've seen it. I fought against guys like him, and it's, oh my god, the realism gets taken away when yes. somebody as scrawny as that goes over on somebody that's twice their size. So, and the guy wasn't even twice as you know. Yeah. He was a skinny little guy, too. But the middleweight championship, like you had mentioned earlier about with Friedman, it was in a triple threat with uh, Jimmy Utah and Jason K from the BX, baby. Um, this match was decent, but I was wondering, and I was going to say it early, but I didn't want to spoil it. You know, um, with Friedman, he barely did anything in this match, you know? Well, I think there was two reasons for that. One, obviously, we talked about the injury. Yeah. I think he's already injured at this point and was kind of holding it in. Yep. The second thing is they wanted to really uh, kind of 
shoot on Yuta and Kate because they had been a tag team for quite a while who had turned on each other. Right, yeah, and the, the beef was there, yeah. No, I totally get it. I get that, but if this dude was injured, he maybe he shouldn't have been in that triple threat, you know? It just made him, for me, it just made, it didn't fit well for me, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I see what you mean because it didn't give us any showcase of the champion. Right. Um, but in the, in the second sense, he's the swarmy heel, so yeah. I guess it gives him a chance to sit back and pick the bones of uh, whoever loses between the, the other two yeah. and make it opportunistic. But you're right. Um, going into this, I'd been toying with looking more into MLW, and I hadn't. Uh, MJF's name have come up quite a bit in the last couple of months, so I was very excited yeah. to see him, and I didn't really get to see much of him. Right, yeah, but it well, could be because of that sense. injury. You know, yeah. it, it could very well be that injury, but he ends up retaining, which is cool. No. Yeah, which is cool. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, he's still the, champ, the middleweight champion, which, you know, like when I heard the weight of some of these guys, I was just like, wow, they're not even on 205 level. Yeah, like they're 150s. <laughs> the yeah, they're like 150, 160. I was like, good Lord. So anyway, <laughs> the main event from uh, Major League Wrestling for MLW low-key with Selena De La Renta, who was looking fine, versus Dega <laughs> with Conan. <laughs> yeah, right? With Conan. Now, for me, this match started out very, very slow for a main event. Um, it picked up towards the end. That was it. You know, I wasn't really, you know... Like when when uh, low key, I guess he grabbed Dega's cauliflower ear uh, and tore it and tore it. But I, again, I if you guys don't know the secrets of wrestling, I'm not. I'm sorry, kayfabe is out the door. But I saw the rest handing Dega something. Yeah. Obviously, you know what it was. Yeah. But if this guy bladed in his cauliflower ear, that's painful. Well, that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but that's painful if it was if that was his idea this dude needs to seek help but uh it ended up low-key ended up winning um due to that uneventful match it was another (laughs) uneventful match yeah but um okay i'm still i'm still i'm still gonna give mlw another chance okay i got something for you right now then all right tony if you think going into a match with me, <laughs> I am serious and I will destroy. That's Doesn't a good impression of low key. I'm impressed. Low key like, he's like five foot two. Yeah. And, he talks and when he walks, <laughs> you, like he's walking like he's got. No, low key, brother. Your time is about done in wrestling, man. You're not that badass anymore. He's, he's got to be very old too. I mean, he's been wrestling yeah. at least like twenty years himself. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. What are you trying to say? <laughs> I, I, I just, I love. The, he's the ultimate small man syndrome, and I just, yeah. He, I, Napoleon I talk always goes into yeah. this kind of ninja talk. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? All right, what else, dude? But either way, I mean, this wasn't the greatest show, I guess. But for me, like I said, the crowd. The crowd, crowd, come on, people. You had a live show that's being recorded, it's being on TV. Get into it. Uh, I probably would have liked some of the matches there, but really, I, I, my opinion, it, mm, a lot of work. A lot of work. Here's the problem we have for next week's uh, ML. MLW tends to come out the day we do the show. 
So it means we didn't actually, we are kind of always going to be a week behind. Right. And then shows have already been taped two <laughs> weeks before. So next week's uh, main event, like this week we saw MGF injured mm-hmm. wrestling. Next week we get to see Tom Lawler in the main, of the main event, who's already out for the rest of the year with a broken hand. Yeah. So that's the problem with internet versus television. I guess <laughs> exactly. Now I got it. Here's a weird one. Low key, he may he's looking a little bit long in the tooth, right? Yeah. Now I'm talking about. I, I talked on last week's episode in the news how he is actually doing a title defense against Conan. Really? In January fifteenth, uh, I believe. Oh my god! Conan just had hip surgery. What the hell yeah, is he doing? I don't know how this is going to go, but that's what they're it's advertising. Not, it's not going to go far. <laughs> I'll tell you that that's, much. There's got to be. It tricks. There's got to be an LAX thing or something. It has there. to be. There has yeah. to be. There's no I mean, way Conan can do this. I'm no. sorry, and, I, and I'm a Conan fan. There's no way that he can do this. Not at his age. No. But you know what? Uh, I think we've we've debated a bit, but I think it's time we have a little bit more of a debate, don't you think, Tony? Sure. I think it's time for face, face off. off, and yes. it's you, the WWE guy, <laughs> versus me, the New Japan guy, and yeah. today's question. And I'm going to give you a couple minutes to talk about this off the top of your head. Yeah. And I'm going to be a gentleman and let you finish. <laughs> Today's question. Could New Japan Wrestling ever get the, the, the reach and the audience and the fans in North America as the size of the WWE? No. That's and tell I'm... me what. <laughs> <laughs> they, the thing of it is with New Japan... Can they go toe to toe with with um, WWE? Yeah, yeah. Can they get as popular as WWE? No, no, they can't. I'm sorry, they just can't. WWE is a whole branded marketing genius. Vince is very, very smart. He's doing shows out in Saudi Arabia, which he shouldn't have done. He's doing shows out in Australia. New Japan is barely getting into the United States. Okay, New Japan does have. They're big pay-per-views also. They are really, really good. They are a whole different brand of wrestling as far as what these guys can do creatively. So that's where their popularity is. But the WWE, I think, has a good margin on them as far as that goes. I don't, I honestly, I just don't think that New Japan is there. You know, I I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for it, but... I don't think that they're there. Not not comparable to, to WWE. So, okay. yeah, that well, yeah. Go ahead, Rick. I mean, Rick. <laughs> TJ. You know what? I'm going to tell you that New Japan can do it and has mm. a chance to do it if they can just improve their marketing. We talked. You talked about the WWE uh, being a worldwide entity. New Japan, you may not realize, not only tours all through Asia. They just had two successful tours of Australia where they sold tickets just as much or more than the WWE mm. they went through New Zealand and yes they've paid minor excursions into North America now minor. the reason why now here's the reason why I think they can improve and that if they do they can do this uh-huh. I look at a guy like me I knew nothing I knew I mean I've heard of Japanese wrestling I knew nothing about it <laughs> two years ago Global Force Wrestling produced did that uh, Wrestle Kingdom where they brought it to North America, they brought in, uh, they tightened the show, they made it more accessible for people like me, and it hooked me. I watched it, and the style of wrestling was something I was craving. 
there was gone was the cartoon crap gone was the really bad inane storylines gone was the juvenile stuff back to the days when as a wrestling fan we know we're not watching real brutality and that's really right. the reason why we like this it's it's a fantasized sport but to get into it you need to present it in a way that does you can suspend your disbelief but only for so much so mm. new japan has a way of delivering it to the aspect where you could almost honestly be able to look at the guy next to you and say i think that really hit him i think that really hurt and you can honestly you can go across it and it, it does help the strong style where they really are slapping the crap out of each other a lot yeah um i think it can really appeal to those people like me and you to the generation that's over 15 years old who want to see more realism more excitement um I look at the excursions they've had right now into the U.S. and they've been poor because they have not marketed themselves correctly for North American audience. It took Global Force to do that for them. It took a North American entity to help them. I think their best bet is to hire another North American entity to start promoting their stuff within North America. They have the product. They have the stake. All they need is somebody to go out there and show the sizzle, and I think people will start buying in. I think it's an alternative. I think it could be right on par. It may not reach the levels of selling uh, action figures and all the cartoony stuff to kids, but I think it could sell a heck of a lot of T-shirts and a heck of a lot of other things, and I think it could make a major dent in the North American market, almost to par of WWE if just somebody went out and for them promoted it in the way the North Americans will receive it, not the way Japanese do. Yeah, but they, they still got a long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you know what we'll do, TJ? What we'll do is we'll, we'll do the first ever poll for Wrestling POV Global. So on Facebook, we will do a poll, WWE versus New Japan on how do, how we were, how'd you worded it? How do you just worded it? If they could capture the audience and the numbers of WWE in North America. Okay, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll write it out there, place your votes, and then read the results next week. Sounds great. You know what? I got to admit, Tony, I had a really fun time with you. This was great talking about wrestling. Yeah! So, especially somebody who's really taken the time to look at some of the newer, kind of interesting things that are out there. Yeah. And uh, it can be lonely. I know there's a lot of fans who are spread out that watch, that listen to Global, that watch these shows, and you want to talk about other people. You want to hear other people's opinions about it. Mm -hmm. And it's great, Tony, hearing a guy who's who's a wrestler himself telling me his aspects of some of the stuff he's seeing, it, it, it helps me gel some of the questions that I had. So right. thank you very much for that. Yeah, no problem. You know what? This was a lot of fun for me. And I tell you, being on the other side, you know, because I do, and I know I talk a lot, but, you, <laughs> you know, not leading the show it was very different for me, you know. This was very, very rare. And I I rarely do other podcasts, but, you know, I really wanted to dig into this to see and give my, you know, critiques on it, so to speak, mm -hmm. you know, because I am very verbal on Wrestling POV, and I wanted to be verbal in this one, so I wanted to know what the hell was going on in the Wrestling POV global side. So, <laughs> no, I did have a lot of fun, though, so... Next week is going to be very entertaining with the interview that you have. And then we're going to have this poll. So you got to read the poll results. And I had a lot of fun, TJ. Well, you know what? You're always welcome back. I hope uh, so. 
<laughs> we have not yet determined who next week's guest is, fans. It'll be a surprise. To It'll you. be a surprise, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? We're, whoever it is, they're going to be talking wrestling. They're going to have fun. Yeah. I want to thank Tony. Thank you, Tony, for coming on the show. Nope. I've been your host, TJ Logan. And with me, say your name. Tony Diaz! Yeah, that's who I am. And where can we find you, Tony? Where Where else are you appearing on? Just wrestling POV. That's it. That's all. <laughs> just make sure you listen this Saturday. <laughs> Rick Serrano will be back. So between him and Mimi, oh, Lord. One day, one day without arguing and forget about it. They're going to go crazy this weekend. So stay tuned for that, folks. Well, you know what, folks? Thanks a lot. And uh, we hope to see you next time. Until then, have yourselves a great weekend. Watch as much indie wrestling as you possibly can.